Neck or back pain can be debilitating and keep you from taking part in the activities that you enjoy. But when that pain begins to interfere with your daily life, it really is time to see a physician to assess the situation. This is Doc Talk, presented by Montefiore St. Luke's Cornwall. I'm Melanie Cole, and today we're talking with Dr. Esteban Cuartas. He's an orthopedic spine surgeon at Montefiore St. Luke's Cornwall. Dr. Cuartas, I'm so glad to have you join us. What are some of the most common causes of back and neck pain that you see every day? The most common situation that we see for these problems is osteoarthritis, uh, which is plain run-of-the-mill arthritis that everybody gets. So tell us the difference between symptoms that are very acute, sharp, shooting, that just sort of happen, or these chronic things like you're talking about osteoarthritis that can develop over time and the pain is little and then it starts getting more severe or lasting every day. How do we know what's which? That's an important distinction. Some patients have uh, very acute pain. Uh, The symptoms just began a week or two before, and that's important to note. And then other patients have more of a chronic situation, which by itself doesn't mean uh, that it's any less important. And the other major feature that we try to look at is, is it neck or back pain alone, or is it associated with any uh, shooting pains into the arms or legs? or what we call radiating or radicular symptoms. And those situations uh, oftentimes bigger problems when we start investigating. Well then, Dr. Cuartas, since pain is somewhat subjective, how do you measure it? How do you diagnose what the cause of it is based on a person's pain level? We take into account the person's pain level, but we also uh, take other features into account, like I just mentioned, Additionally, we uh, look into whether the pain is debilitating or uh, affecting the person's function, quality of life, if it's interfering with their work or their leisure activities. That's another important point. We also take a complete history and uh, verify that there's nothing out of the ordinary in terms of uh, any past medical history problems that could affect or even sometimes cause back or neck pain. So if someone comes to you and you've looked at what's going on with them, what is your first line of defense? Tell us about chronic pain in the back or in the neck, how you approach it, this multifaceted approach. Tell us what you might start with. The algorithm usually is uh, we try to divide it into acute or chronic and also whether or not it's what we call axial or axial pain associated with radicular symptoms. If it's purely axial pain or pain that's centered around the middle of the neck uh, or lower back, and there are no other uh, situations which we call red flags, then we typically will focus on activity modification, uh, focus on wellness and uh, possibly exercise, sometimes job modifications. These are situations where the person really has what we would plainly call uh, back or neck pain. And oftentimes there's certain things they're doing. For example, they're looking at a at a monitor on, on the desk all day and they're not getting up and they're, um, the monitor may be positioned too high and that exacerbates neck pain. So sometimes discussing what their daily routine is like and their activities, maybe their leisure activities, maybe there are no leisure activities. And that's when I oftentimes uh, emphasize 
a strategy of, of wellness, of pursuing wellness. So it would be really to try to think about enhancing their quality of life by exercising, maybe some stretching, really on a daily basis um, as much as possible. Those are some of the the main algorithms that we that we use to to try to sort out through cases of back and neck pain. So if someone tries some of those, they try yoga and exercise, physical therapy, maybe some modalities, ice, heat, those kinds of things. When might someone like a chiropractor come in? Do you ever recommend something like that? Or what about the subject of injections? If you would speak about those first before we would get into anything surgical. Yes, that's a good question. I mean, chiropractic is a separate and long tradition. Um, and in some areas, for example, I'm uh, located in a semi-rural uh, area. A lot of uh, patients have close ties with their chiropractors, and they have long histories of uh, treating with their chiropractors. And uh, the chiropractors themselves uh, sometimes uh, use typical traditional chiropractic maneuvers, but sometimes they also incorporate other other measures that are more akin to physical therapy. Some do even acupressure type of techniques, modalities. So it's a wide range of things. So I think it's difficult to make a blanket uh, recommendation. In general, I try to not recommend the sort of rapid manipulation and sort of cracking of the joints for elderly or frail uh, patients. But I think for the most part, the chiropractors realize that that's not the best uh, way to treat these patients. Their spines get stiff and they're fragile. um, And uh, oftentimes, patients will have a a bad experience um, when they're manipulated um, and their, their spines are not ready to sort of accept those types of treatment. The other point I make in general is that uh, chiropractic treatments are in some ways sort of short-lived. Um, so I think the patients need to understand that if they're going to pursue chiropractic treatment, it's really a situation where they're going to have to go uh, multiple times over a period of time. And so it's not a, quote, fix. Um, and that the truth is that for a lot of these situations, there is no quick fix. We try to use different uh, means and methods and techniques and uh, to try to achieve a higher or better level of functioning and quality of life and a lower pain level. So I think it's uh, something that sometimes comes up, and I I think that as long as they're getting benefit out of going to the chiropractor, I see no problem with that. As far as injections and epidural injections, um, we have very skilled practitioners uh, these days, um, and they typically will go under the title of pain management, and they are very skilled at uh, doing injections for different reasons. Um, They tend to not be um, as effective for axial pain situations. For example, those caused by just plain osteoarthritis, they tend to be more useful for uh, patients with uh, radicular symptoms or pain shooting down their legs or situations like stenosis, uh, which is narrowing of the spine. Nevertheless, uh, when patients are really failing to find a adequate uh, relief of their pain, I, I do think uh, these pain management uh, colleagues can help these patients. And what does the discussion look like 
if you are recommending surgical? When does that happen, doctor? And if you could briefly just give us a little look at the types of surgery that you might be able to offer. Yeah, so certain situations after an initial um, treatment plan, um, if there is failure of the patients to get better and or if there are any red flags, for example, pain that is excruciating or worsening or pain that has associated nerve symptoms, if the x-rays, which are sort of a screening uh, method, are showing that there is um, some misalignment of the spine, then we uh, proceed with advanced imaging, which in this, for the spine it would be MRI. And uh, then we, at some point, start to analyze whether or not uh, there is any benefit to considering surgeries. In some situations, there is usually very little benefit over traditional non-surgical methods. Um, but in, but there are uh, certain situations where surgery can uh, offer um, improved uh, outcomes and lower pain levels. And then the other, the flip side of the coin at that point is also to see whether um, the risk-benefit analysis favors surgery. Some patients have other um, medical problems, other things going on in their life, and so surgery may not be um, in their best interest. So it's really a discussion, as you mentioned, it's something that we present to the patient, and eventually we come to a decision as to whether surgery would be a good idea or not. Well, thank you for that answer. Do you have any best advice as we finish and wrap up for listeners about hopefully preventing back and neck pain in the first place and when you feel it's important that they see a physician? In general, my best recommendation is to try to stay active, try to have a focus in, uh, uh, on wellness, which is... Your body needs some motion, it needs to move, um, it needs some exercise every day, and um, you deserve it. You need to take care of yourself, um, not just of uh, all the other folks around you. And I think that keeping that in mind helps keep your uh, pain at bay and also helps you deal with the pain that uh, your joints will undoubtedly give you at some point. It's great information. Dr. Cuartes, thank you so much for joining us today. And that wraps up this episode of Doc Talk, presented by Montefiore St. Luke's Cornwall. Please visit our website at montefioreslc.org for more information and to get connected with one of our providers. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast and all the other Montefiore St. Luke's Cornwall podcasts. I'm Melanie Cole.